When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. This is the Barcelona Podcast. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Brought to you by Frances Tomas and Dan Hilton. We're here again to give you another opinionated take on the hottest breaking stories from the Camp No. Thanks to all who have already visited the BarcelonaPodcast.com, especially all of you repeat listeners, and we want to welcome all of our new listeners this week as well to subscribe, comment, support the show by taking advantage of the many deals we offer. Let's get right into it. Today, Frances, we're talking about a new player that we have yet to discuss so far. Yeah, and that is hugely exciting as well. Episode 15 of the Barcelona podcast will cover Aspilucuetas and the links to Barca that um, have surfaced in the Spanish media and Catalan media. We're going to discuss um, Neymar's future that has been you know, in everyone's minds for a while, so we're going to get into that. And finally, we're going to have a little touch on expiring contracts and what the future holds for Barca players that have been in the squad for quite a number of years. So let's get started. As you mentioned, the main topic today, Cesar Azbelicueta, and the reasoning that he has been linked to Barcelona is directly related to the arrival of Antonio Rudiger from Chelsea, the German center back who's coming over from AS Roma in Serie A, as the Catalan media in particular is assuming that that could open the door to the Spanish international who has in the past said that he has a pride to be related to FC Barcelona. And as most players have said to the media, if they've ever been linked to Barcelona, they said, well, it'd be an honor to play for a club such as Barcelona and a lot of lip service there. 
So I think it sounds like the Spanish media is taking that to different heights. This not being, as I had mentioned, the first time that Azpilicueta has been linked to Barcelona. They've already tried on previous occasions, including Ernesto Valverde, having asked to have him sign for Athletic because years ago, Valverde thought he would have fit perfectly. And Valverde had a pretty good eye for it back then because, of course, Azpilicueta in the time since has become quite the player, particularly for Antonio Conte this past season for Chelsea. Now, some issues here is that Azpilicueta has become so important to Chelsea, as I mentioned, playing every game for them last season in the Premier League. So for me, Frances, with a contract till 2020, it sounds like this might be another bit of smoke here as a guy who, yes, Barcelona would, I think, do very well to have him. And we can talk about exactly what he would bring to the team a little later, but on its surface, this rumor seems to me not have much weight, but in the same respect, I wouldn't be too surprised if it quickly happened. Exactly. I think that Azpilicueta is a player that has had a huge impact for Chelsea over the years, particularly this last season. He's been instrumental. As you mentioned, he's played every single second of every single game. And, uh, you know, the, the end of the season product is for all, all of us to see. Four assists provided as well throughout the season, despite playing as a defender and completing 87% of his passes. I think that those stats are remarkable in themselves. Someone who is always healthy, someone who is always prepared to support the team, um, a player that others can rely upon to always show up. Um, what I really like about Pilo Cueta is his, um, his aggressive nature, the fact that he won't give up uh, on loose balls, it doesn't matter how many times his rivals have tried to go past him. He always stands up. He always puts up a fight. And uh, that's the fighting spirit that we need at Barca right now. So having a player of his caliber joining Barca would be, would be tremendous. Now, as you've sort of mentioned, is he actually going to join? In other words, is Chelsea in need of selling a player that has played every game in the whole season? Well, probably not. But um, I thought that it was worth mentioning to our Kule audience that Azpilicueta could be a possibility if Chelsea could be persuaded. But I, I personally don't see this, this signing being completed this summer. But um, I thought it would be great to see in the presence of a player that, in my eyes, will improve what Barca have in the current squad at this moment in time. As I normally like to do, Frances, instead of speculate... I'm going to get into what hopefully a lot of our fans like to hear is about the player profiles. And for Azpilicueta, the 27-year-old, what he could add to Barcelona, let's say this is something that is serious and does happen. The 27-year-old, as I mentioned, who can play all across the back line and has throughout his career, not just can, but has. As most of his career, he was with Osasuna, both in the youth academy where he learned his trade and then making 99 senior appearances before he moved to France and Marseille where he played in 47 matches and for Osasuna and Marseille he played as a right back but then in 2012 when he landed in Chelsea which he has made over 160 appearances since so of course that is the most appearances he's made for any team he's played primarily at left back when he showed up at Chelsea he replaced of course Ashley Cole in 2013 under Jose Mourinho and then he was also named the players player of the year that season which to me is again not necessarily a award that gets major media attention but it tells me that other players like playing with with you other players 
respect you. Other players respect facing you in different situations as an opponent. And so that always seems to be a big award as a guy who fits well into any team. And then as we've been talking about, Antonio Conte began using him as a left back, then converted him to center back as part of a back three. So what that would mean for Barcelona, bringing in a player like Azpilicueta, is not only does he add versatility, but you'd say that he's good enough to slot right into a starting 11. Azpilicueta, as we mentioned, has the versatility to play right back, but also then, let's say, later on in a game when Barcelona's getting defensive and trying to finish off a game, they want to move to three at the back, or maybe on the other regard, if they're trying to be more attacking, so they move to three at the back to put more guys in the midfield and push more players forward. Azpilicueta allows them to do that basically on the fly without having to trade personnel with substitutions and wasting a substitution as even though looking at last year Luis Enrique not a guy that liked to use all three substitutions very often Valverde could be a different guy who likes to empty his his bench because Barcelona certainly have enough players on the roster to be thrown out on the field. And we even look at the back, three at the back with Javier Maserano last year. Jeremy Matu was even put when Maserano was injured into that situation, which, of course, now the player moving on to Sporting CP didn't necessarily go too well. But Maserano, as he ages, and not to say being phased out of the squad, but Aspliqueta would certainly potentially be an upgrade and allow Maserano to put his focus more on playing as a, as a relief for Umtiti or Piquet. And in that 4-3-3 as a center back or as we had talked about playing a double pivot with Busquets or even supplementing Busquets at times as well being that central defensive midfield. And Mascherano just has that versatility as well to play in multiple positions and Aspilicueta can do the same thing all across that back line. So that is what he would allow Barcelona to utilize next season in terms of formation. Definitely. Aspilicueta in my eyes would be a player that would be similar to, say, Abidal was with us. Obviously, I understand in terms of height, they're, they're totally different on both ends of the spectrum, really. But the role that I see, I would see Spilicueta playing at Barca would be that more physical, more aggressive, more defensive mind than right back. While on the other side, we used to have Abidal and Dani Alves. We could have Spilicueta playing the Abidal role and having Jordi Alba zooming up and down the flank as he has been doing over the years. So I think in that respect, that's what Azpilicueta could add to Barcelona. But as I said at the start, I am not convinced that Chelsea are in any need to be selling a player that has started every single game. But um, I do think that Chelsea have a fantastic player in there that if they wanted to share, and they wanted to negotiate with Barca, um, we would be more than willing to welcome him with open arms. But uh, unfortunately, I don't see that happening. Well, going on to topic number two, a little bit of transfer rumors that might strike fear in all the hearts of Coulets. And Frances, to me, would be the biggest gaffe that the board has ever made. Apparently, Neymar, and of course that is the Brazilian Neymar, is being linked to Ibar? Well, he linked himself to Ibar, didn't he? Um, I think he said it as a joke. Um, he was being interviewed uh, in one of his sort of exhibition, not matches, but exhibition events that he attends during the summer. A little bit like Messi used to do, say, three or four years ago, uh, getting involved with, I think it's Red Bull in this in this occasion. But um, yeah, he was just having a little giggle, really. Um, Neymar, particularly when he's away from Barca and the Camp Nou and he's not wearing a Barca shirt, which obviously he wasn't at the time, um, gets constantly asked about his future. Um, you know, it's no surprise that 
the British media keep linking him to teams like, say, Manchester United and all the rich ones in G, Manchester City, etc. And uh, because he's a fantastic player, plenty of potential, and to be honest, and hopefully a future Ballon d'Or winner. And um, it's no surprise that you know every other team wants to hire him because he's a fantastic football player with plenty of potential. Now, what he only he said, you know, I am honoured that um, my name is being mentioned and that people are showing appreciation. But if I'm linked to any other team, it, it probably should be Avar. But he did say it as a joke. So hopefully <laughs> everything crossed. There's no need to panic and Neymar will be at the Camp Nou for years to come. Yeah, ironically enough, um, not to harp on this, of course, I'm saying this in a jovial way, but Barcelona's last game of the season, as we remember, was against Ibar. It was a 4-2 win for Barcelona. So I'm just looking right here at the Ibar formation. They play in a 4-4-2 double six, usually, and just trying to see where Neymar is going to fit in alongside Kike and Sergi Enrique up top. I think Ibar, could, with Neymar on that left side, could switch to more of maybe a 4-3-3 in the Barcelona ilk. And what a signing Neymar would be for Ibar. It would be a great signing for them, but I don't even want to talk about that. That is nonsense. It's not going to happen and he's staying with us. Um, well, the other reason why I wanted to bring up Neymar in today's episode is the fact that he has grown tremendously over the years. His, his fourth season at Barca was completed with 45 appearances and 20 goals. Uh, in the four years he's been with us, he was 15, then 39, then 31, and then 20 goals. So in terms of goals, actually, he's gone down 19 goals in two years, which uh, I think our Barca, it could be coming as a surprise for some of our Barca audience. But um, I'm not worried about that because this last season, Messi stepped up in terms of goal scoring return from an individual perspective because he needed to. But um, although that Neymar hasn't scored as many goals this, this last season, he actually provided more. And it wasn't necessarily reflecting the number of assists that he provided, which remained broadly in line with what had been in his previous four. It was the fact that Neymar was breaking through defences much more often. I think he became much more uncontrollable for rival defenders in this last year. And uh, I really can't wait to see what he can do in his fifth season at the Camp Nou. Um, in my eyes, it needs to be a consolidation season. He really finally needs to make the step forward and not just sort of be there alongside Suarez and Messi. But actually, I think he needs to start leading the way uh, in this coming season if Barca are to be successful, particularly if the board are going to be unable to bring um, many sort of high-quality new faces. That's a great point, Frances, that Neymar at 25 now is truly going to be now entering his prime, if you will, and he is going to be the player that he is. So you're going to start to see or hopefully see more leadership come into the way he plays even and being able to put the team and put that pressure on himself to succeed when, let's say, Messi isn't having the best game, which doesn't happen very often, but in those moments that Neymar needs to be the guy that Barcelona can get a win no matter what on the back of one of their superstars. And Neymar himself has said that the 2017-18 season could be the most important of his career. And having just signed that big new five-year contract extension with the Camp No Club last October, it looks like Neymar, knowing his future is going to be at Barcelona, as you had mentioned, he's now been there for half a decade, so he's quite settled. Now he's going to be entering his prime. For me, it's kind of a perfect storm that Neymar... 
shouldn't have that much pressure on him this season and hopefully well at least at Barcelona because the lack of pressure at him on him at Barcelona this season I think could help him just naturally turn into that guy that we want him to be taking that next step again whether it's Pele and a number of other important players of the past have said that whether it's Ronaldo and Messi as those two over 30 now are slowly going to age Neymar is the next one in line that he he is that third guy and he will at some point be that world number one so this could be that year when he moves up just a little bit closer to Ronaldo and Messi and most importantly I think for Neymar he says that because of course the World Cup in Russia in 2018 where Brazil if we remember last World Cup falling 7-1 in the semifinal stage to Germany something that the Brazilian fans are with every minute of every friendly of any South American World Cup qualifier Brazil have already qualified for the World Cup they have taken care of business in the South American World Cup qualifying and then now the Brazilian fans are, are looking directly at Russia to say that the Brazilian national team need to get back a little bit of the pride that they might have lost at the 2014 World Cup and of course Neymar shows that leadership for Brazil he's the guy that steps up and he was not able again of course he was out with an injury he did not play against Germany and so we don't know what he could have done and how that match would have turned out differently if Neymar was playing in it so I think Neymar his whole season at Barcelona I think is going to be building to the 2018 World Cup with Brazil and so if anything he has less pressure on him at as much as the the Spanish media would like to think I think Neymar has less pressure even from the Spanish media than the Brazilian media and the Brazilian fans have coming his way in the World Cup. So for Neymar, if he's clicking and takes that next step, I think that'll excite a lot of people for World Cup 2018. That is a great point. I think that the the media sort of backlash that Neymar gets in Spain normally comes from the Spanish-based media. Um, outlets such as Marca or us from, from Madrid, both Madrid-based um, outlets, that um, have got plenty of audience throughout the whole country. Um, they don't necessarily like Barca, obviously, for obvious reasons, but um, they because of the way that Neymar was signed and all the sort of dodginess with his transfer and obviously the tax investigation that has happened after that, which obviously links to Messi's tax investigation and Mascherano's tax investigation, which is a completely different topic that I really don't want to get into because it annoys me so much. And we want to be positive this time around. Um, so, yeah, I think that all of that backlash comes from that part of the media. Uh, in terms of Catalan media, Barcelona, outlets such as Sport or Mundo Deportivo, and what you hear in the streets is that Neymar is really well-loved. Uh, as you mentioned, he's been there for nearly half a decade now. He's one of us. Um, I think that he's fully comfortable in his own skin. He knows what is expected of him, which is the very best in every single game. But the, the amount of pressure that he gets for Brazil is certainly not comparable to what, what he gets for Barca. If anyone gets the pressure that um, Neymar gets in Brazil at Barca, that's not himself, that's Messi. And um, I think that is a fantastic opportunity for him to excel in the coming season and finally show what he's capable of and uh, hopefully take Barca to another treble very 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 early in the future hopefully by the end of 2018 as we had mentioned Neymar signed through 2020 now he's on that list or actually correction to 2021 is Neymar and bringing to our third topic of the day when the contracts expire at Barcelona and we bring this up in honor of the 
contract extension, of course, we knew it was coming all along, but finally, pen to paper, Lionel Messi signing that contract extension to keep him at the club now till 2021, um, having extended that deal this summer. And of course, now Messi at that point will be just about 34 when his contract ends. So it'll be a new age at Barcelona with Messi at 34. And speaking of new ages, though, but not yet time to move on, 2018 is the next contract to be expiring, and there's only one of those, and that's Andres Iniesta. So we'll start with him. He's the next guy that Barcelona are going to look to try to extend. And we've been getting a few questions about if players are asking for such big wages and players are acting for such big extensions, how is Barcelona going to have the money to sign other players? Other players, and so Andres Iniesta is a guy that you'd expect to be in a Barcelona shirt for his entire career. Unlike, we'll say Messi, who we think could go back to Argentina, Neymar could go back to Brazil, and back to their home countries. But Iniesta is a guy that you'd expect is never going to play in another shirt other than the Barcelona shirt. Um, and to compare him to some of the one-team all-time greats of other sports, particularly in the U.S. in the NBA, it reminds me of a Dirk Nowitzki the uh, German forward, or Tim Duncan, or even in the NFL over in the States and Tom Brady, what those guys did, they restructured their deals as veterans, and they took less money purposely with their contracts to help make more money available to make signings and for the front offices to make deals and bring in better players. The big difference is those leagues deal with salary caps, and of course, in world football, it yes, of course, there's the financial fair play rules, but it really it comes down to... How much money have you made from revenue? How much money are you getting from ownership? Things like that. And so without a salary cap, there's money flowing as we're particularly we're seeing this transfer window. So there's money to be had. But Iniesta, he's a guy that I, I think you have utmost faith that not only will he sign a new deal, but what kind of new deal will he sign? For how long will it be? But I think it's basically whatever Iniesta asks for because you'd expect that Iniesta isn't going to ask something ask for something so great that it's going to damage the future of the club. Iniesta is not a player that is a buzzer for the money. Let's just start by saying that. Um, obviously, he is our club captain. He started with us when he was 12. Um, I was fortunate enough to actually see his first training session and spend the most of his first year watching him play and even train um, on a even daily basis. And, um, you know, to see him growing into the player he has become over the years is... It makes me really proud, actually. Um, he's not there for the money. Obviously, he has paid tons of that. He's a world champion with Spain and European champion with Spain. He's won in excess of 23 or 24 collective titles for Barca. So Iniesta could sit down on his sofa tomorrow and be proud, um, staring at all the trophies that he's um, earned for his club and country. So from that respect, he's done. He's happy and he can retire and he will forever be a legend. Having said that, I think he's got a couple more years in him to to share his expertise. Um, as we've been saying throughout a previous episode of the podcast, um, Iniesta is not just a player that performs on the pitch. He's someone who's got an influence that can teach other upcoming youngsters what the Barca DNA is about. He can really support others and develop them through training, through coaching, through mentoring. And I think that that's the role that Iniesta needs to play. His contract obviously expires in July 2018, as you mentioned. I think he has more, done more than enough to deserve an extension. I don't know what shape that should take. I would probably go for two years uh, or two plus one 
or something of the sort because you know we never really know what Iniesta 35 is going to look like and whether he's going to hopefully not but he may pick up some injuries here and there as you know has happened over the last say five years and uh, we don't know what his fitness is going to be like but in terms of mentoring coaching and his ability to impact the team on the pitch and off it I think Iniesta it's a non-negotiable he has to stay yeah then moving to the 2019 expiring contracts some names that you'd expect to have expiring contracts in 2019 Mascherano PK Sergi Roberto Douglas Vermeulen Munir and Samper and so for Barcelona they could be having you know looking at it in two summers from now now PK you'd expect to be re-signed Sergi Roberto potentially expected to be re-signed. We'll see if Marcerano's body can hold up. And with Munir and Samper, of course, Munir look, likely looking to be already out the door. Douglas and Vermelian pretty much completely out the door. And Samper, again, you'd hope that he can stick around. But seeing the midfield overload that we talked about two episodes ago, Samper's future moving forward is going to be very difficult. It'll be a tough road for Samper. So for Barcelona, they could have a huge wage bill coming off the books if they only had to extend PK and Roberto from that entire list, which at this point in time would be the two that gets that gets extended that year. So Barcelona could look very, very different in terms of their wage bills in just two years' time. As we mentioned in our previous episode, I don't really know what Valverde is thinking and what his plans are for pretty much anything. So I'm really eager to see what you know his first press conferences can can clarify for fans and definitely his first match because we don't know what he's thinking, we don't know any information, we don't know anything. As um, the people here in the UK, uh, where I'm obviously I'm in London now, um, they always have a, a faulty Towers character, Manuel, that always said, I know nothing, I know nothing. I don't know if that ever made it to the States, but it's quite a common joke here in the UK. But um, yeah, De Lofeu, we don't know anything. We don't know what's going to happen. But um, it all depends on his performances. I would say during this preseason. Um, as to whether he would be renewed as a Barca player or shifted elsewhere. Um, Mascherano, as you mentioned, you said about the body holding up. I don't think it will. And to be honest, by 2018, I think Mascherano will be in a position in which he could really be looking at uh, developing his career elsewhere for a last final contract before hopefully one day he can return to the Camp Nou as a manager or an assistant manager in order to continue to build something that he's been very passionate about and made a huge contribution for, which is Barca's future. Um, Piquet definitely stay, and Sergio Roberto certainly has to stay. <laughs> Douglas, um, I'm sorry, but that is nonsense. I mean, the the, the oh, I can't even speak. That guy should have never been signed for Barca. It's a total waste of money. He's done nothing at the Camp Nou. He done he didn't he didn't do anything at all for a sport in Gijón. So I'm not even spending another second talking about him. He has to go. And shame on the people that brought into the camp. No, for Malin, I don't think we'll make it in terms of health. And uh, hopefully, I heard this week that uh, Crystal Palace is interested in securing his services this very summer. I really do hope that comes to fruition. Uh, Munir and Samper, as you mentioned, they probably won't be at Barca beyond this summer. And if they are, I think beyond the winter transfer window, once they've realized they're not really playing any minutes, they should be shifted elsewhere so that's the 2019 expiring contracts and the other thing i would bring up we don't need to go over the 2020 20 
21 or Ter Stegen in 2022. We don't need to go over all those. I think the bigger thing to be brought up by this is that for Barcelona, they have their list. You know who whose contracts and are expiring and when they're expiring. So how do you make it so that these players don't wind up leaving on free transfers? If there's no future for some of these players whether it's now or whether it's in 2020, if there is no future for these players at the club, some of those decisions need to be made earlier than later so they don't wind up leaving a la Dani Alves, who's likely going to be going to PSG or could already be signed for PSG by now, having pulled a 180 on Manchester City apparently. But for Alves, Sandro Ramirez, who's signed for good money from Everton this summer, so those players don't leave on free transfers. You have to make sure you figure out what to do with them prior to their contracts expiring. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think we need to go through every player, but I do want to go through the names of the 2021. So Barca contract expired in 2021. So that is a good number of years ahead of us. as four to be exact. That's Messi, Neymar. Then you scroll down to Rakitic, Busquets and Umtiti. You've got Digne and Silasen, which... You know, are debatable in, that, in the, what they're adding to the team. But, you know, in five years' time, they could be really, really, really important to the team. So it's good that they've got long contracts like that. And then Alcácer and Andre Gomez. And the, the contract, the player under contract in the current Barca squad that is meant sort of scheduled to be here for the longest time is Ter Stegen in 2022. So what I would say with that is that the spine, the, the, the center, the skeleton of the Barca team that the starting eleven and the sort of the Barca team into the future is has been secured. I would say the key players at Barca have got contracts until then and I think Sergi Roberto and Gerard Piqué certainly should be extended to that level as well. Yeah, so Barcelona have done a good job and while we've been critical of the board for transfer wise, they've been pretty astute in making sure that they're signing, as you had mentioned, the future of the club and they're doing a good job of making sure those players are signed to contracts nice and early in the summers when they are. And while it seems like, particularly for Messi, you know, he was for a whole two years, they're saying, oh, his contract, ex- his contract expires in 2017. What are we, you know, or sorry, 2018. And then he'll be available on a free transfer. So he'll come to Manchester City, to he'll come to PSG, to Man United, to, you know, everywhere he was linked to of the major clubs that, Potentially, he would leave on a free transfer, but of course, that's never going to happen. The spine of the team, the guys who want to play at Barcelona will get those contract extensions. Yeah, I agree. But I want to say something that I was debating whether to say it or not, but I think I wouldn't be honest with our audience that didn't say it. Say Messi, right? He's just signed a contract in 2021. We need to be so grateful. We need to be, we need to basically count ourselves, count our lucky stars and count ourselves so lucky to have Messi wanted to stay because say say you're Messi, right? You're the best player in the world. You've won countless Ballon d'Ors, a huge amount of titles over your career. And then you hear that your club is trying to sign Paulinho from the Chinese league and you have to share a dressing room with Douglas and Vermalen. Then can any, could anyone honestly blame Messi if he left tomorrow? If he said, actually, I'm going to go to Manchester City. I'm going to reunite forces with Pep Guardiola. And there you go. Thank you. And we, you know, Barca fans, we just have to say thank you for all the years you've given us. And sorry, we couldn't give you an environment in which you could excel. Now, luckily, 
he signed the contract with us and he's very committed to staying. But I would say that unless the transfer window, this current transfer window gets better or the Barca board has a better plan going ahead, I think there could come a point in which Messi's going to say, hey, listen, you guys are giving me nothing to work with here. We've got a great start in 11, but I think the board needs to invest heavily and bring correct, the, the correct, appropriate, effective reinforcements for Messi to continue to want to stay here. It is really important that the squad gets bigger, better and stronger every single year because players of the calibre of Messi, Suarez, Neymar, they won't want to stick around if we can only sign players of the calibre of Douglas and Fermalen. Yeah, and this will bring us right into our fan questions. Tito Pina asked exactly pretty much what we're talking about. He said, what do we realistically have available in our wage structure to sign players? Um, and he said, I know not too many players would take a pay cut. And it's true. The, the money that's coming in to Neymar and Messi and their weekly wages is you know, an astronomical number, but it's also how the club values those players. And you'd say on the world stage, pretty much we're getting to a point, is is that what they're worth? And usually when it comes to Messi, the answer is yes, that is what Messi is worth, whatever Barcelona is paying him. But it's a good point that is Paulino a guy that's going to be brought in? And we had talked about this in the previous show. Would Paulino be a guy that's brought in because he has smaller wages, but looking at his wages in China, you know, they're gigantic wages from week to week. So would it be wiser for Barcelona to be going after players that are younger who might have smaller weekly wages? And Omer Farouk asked the second question about Valverde and what role he plays at the club. And I would say to Omer, to, uh, he's also listened and responded. And we really thank our fans like Omer Farouk for constantly being involved in the community. And, of course, we'll reference last show when we had discussed about Valverde and us not knowing exactly where he's going to fit and whether or not he's just a yes man for the board and who they want to give him or whether or not he's had an active role in figuring out exactly who he wants to bring into his team or is it just Robert Fernandez and Josep Segura making those decisions behind the scenes and he also asked us if Odorizola from Real Sociedad a right back who we saw a little bit he played in one game at the Euro U21s, if he thinks that he would be starting 11 material. And kind of answer both of those questions first before I throw to you would be that in terms of young players like Oda Rosola, he would be a player that, is he starting 11 material for Barca? Absolutely not at this point in his career, but he's only 20 years old as a right back, so you don't know. So maybe it is in the best interest in the ways that Real Madrid are doing that you're taking a hard look at some of the younger players and some of the future if you have these players like Messi with outrageous weekly wage bills maybe you want to look at those guys who don't cost too much per week and you can get for three million five million and make sure that you're just identifying young talent I mean Barcelona can pay for the best scouts in the world so make sure that you're identifying good young talent and you know maybe you do take chances on them and if they don't work out then yeah you sell them off but at least you're taking those chances for a premium as opposed to bringing in Paulinho who again is potentially not going to work out as well, but is going to cost you a whole lot more. I think it's worth mentioning that in terms of salary cap and, and pay structure, well, Barca, in a way, doesn't have one. Um, there are players that get paid more. So in the top of the scale, you've got Messi by himself. Then in the second layer, you will have Messi 
and Suarez. And then you've got another layer in which you've got uh, players like Busquets, Iniesta, Piquet, for example. Then you've got Rakitic and Ter Stegen, etc. So there is a play structure, but it's not a play structure that's limited by, say, we've got a thousand million euros to spend a season and we need to share that evenly. It doesn't work like that. And to be honest, it doesn't work like that in European football at all, um, in any of the countries that, um, you know, are broadcasted on a weekly basis. So it's different from professional US sports in the sense that clubs are relatively free to play however money they, they feel like doing uh, whenever they need to. So from that respect, we don't need to worry about that too much. Um, clubs can pay however much they think the player is worth. And of course, Barcelona is a, a team that because they're getting all that money from Champions League appearances, particularly when they win the Champions League, for doing all those different friendlies around the world in preseason in particular, Barcelona is bringing in a lot of money. And so they have to, that's why they have the elections. They elect the board that they do because you would trust that the board and those paying the bills know which players to pay. They're going to know when the stadium needs an upgrade. Of course, those those upgrades to the camp, no, are not going to be cheap upgrades either. And so the board is entrusted to being able to do all those things, and that's why they're in those positions, and that's why they make the money that they do. So we would have to put our trust in them that they can get the job done. Um, and we'll talk about the board in future episodes as well. Yeah, I just wanted to make a little point in there. Because um, you mentioned the Camp Nou, um, I visited the Camp Nou obviously throughout my whole life. But um, I visited the Camp Nou recently, and I did one of the stadium tours. And uh, I have to say, I've been to Wembley Stadium lately here in London. Um, I've been to many stadiums around the world, but particularly the the major ones in terms of Cardiff, Millennium Stadium. I've been there recently as well, and I've never been to the Bernabeu because you know. I just don't want to go there because um, I may, you know, catch something, some sort of virus or something like that. So I, I value my health way too much to do that. But um, I have to say that the Camp Nou, although I love it, I love the structure, I love what it means. And uh, it's like a temple for me, my family and my local community. And obviously everyone that's listening to the podcast right, podcast right now. But I have to say it looks particularly old at this moment in time, um, particularly in the Tercera Graderia, which is the upper, upper, upper stalls, um, it just looks a little bit left, as in derelict, as in we haven't done much to it over the years, and it now needs an upgrade. So I do think that the board were right to try and remodel the Camp Nou to make it better and to bring it you know, to the forefront of European football. But I do think that's going to need quite a lot of investment and to be honest, I'm not sure if the money that the board has allocated for that is actually going to do it justice. Because um, if you remember a couple of years ago, there was talk about the Camp Nou being totally sort of moved away uh, into the outskirts of Barcelona. And fortunately, the the sauces, the club members decided against that and they decided that remodeling was the best way forward. But I do think that's going to need quite a lot of investment um, particularly seeing the condition that it, it is at this moment in time. Um, and hopefully uh, the board has you know, put some money aside for that to be a success and bring it back to being the great stadium that Barca fans deserve. 
And just like the camp know, you can help us to continue to make these podcasts just like this by investing in us. You can go on iTunes or wherever, listen to your podcast and leave us a review or a rating and let us know your thoughts about the show. Of course, we want to thank you for listening today. You can head to thebarcelonapodcast.com. That is thebarcelonapodcast.com. And as I just mentioned, you just can subscribe, comment, or support the show. And again, we'd love to hear more feedback going on Facebook, social media as well, Twitter. And you can either tweet us and comment on our Facebook page to give us questions and fan questions. And as you've heard, particularly with Omar Farouk, who we've mentioned multiple times in questions, if you have a good question, we do take those seriously and we will read them on the show. So of course, Even if you don't want to comment and you just want to put us in your ears, we want to thank you for continuing to do that. This is the Barcelona Podcast. Of course, again, bringing you the hottest breaking stories from the Camp Nou. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon and Forza Barca. Forza! Forza!